0: Every morning when I awake, I hear Theo on the monitor, ready to start the day. I sometimes toss and turn, not wanting to be up just yet, hoping that I really don't hear him, that I still have a few more minutes. I remember the days when Albert was the one to get him in the morning, or at night when he would wake up. Now it's just me. It is all on me. While I live in my parents' home and have their help, I am still his mother. I still get him up every morning and take care of him at night if he wakes up. I take him to the trampoline park, to swimming, out to eat, to the playground, shopping, all by myself. The first couple of months were incredibly tough. He refused to nap. I would still do his nap time routine, but he would just cry and scream for me. And as a woman who had just lost her husband, I had no way of dealing with him crying. I honestly couldn't stand to hear him cry. It hurt my heart way too much. I did everything he wanted just to not hear him cry. In retrospect, I know that wasn't the best way to handle it, but what was I supposed to do? I know that he just needed me, and all I needed was space. Saying that out loud is terrifying. I feel so much shame for saying it, but I am human. I am a griever. I am a mother, and sometimes, we need space. To be a good mother while my heart was breaking is one of the hardest roles I have ever had to play. Quote from Unknown. That pretty much sums it up. And while I am still very much grieving and will continue to, those first few months were hectic and exhausting and hard. Am I confused? <laughs> yes. Is this going to get weird? It already has. Am I scared? Shitless. Let's go down the widow rabbit hole together. Thank you for listening. This is how I got back to my childhood bedroom. Sitting in my childhood bedroom, listening to Theo cry on the monitor, and praying that he would take a nap was pretty much my every day those first two months. A few times I would even pick up the phone to text Albert and tell him how difficult Theo was being. But then... Reality would set back in and I would start to cry because, of course, I can't text Albert. He's dead. And the reason Theo is crying and can't sleep is because his entire world has been turned upside down. He is confused and scared and misses his dad. So there I am, crying, exhausted, and fed up. I eventually give up and go get him. Sometimes I would even tell him that I was upset with him. His little face would look at me, and his chin would start to quiver. That look that I had just induced by my harsh words. What was wrong with me? I was so burnt out. I just didn't want to be a mom for a moment. And that is some hard shit for me to admit. Because if anyone knows me, they know how much I love Theo. Theo and I would sit on the couch and watch movies most of the day because, well... I really didn't have the capacity to go out in public and try to be a real person. But the tiredness would take a toll on him, and he would fall asleep on me. Then my heart would melt, and my eyes would well up with tears. Because I knew that all he needed was me to comfort him. He needed to know that I wasn't going anywhere, that laying there with me meant that I couldn't possibly disappear like Daddy did. And I'm sure that when I put him in his crib for nap and closed the door, feelings of anxiety and abandonment came over him like a wave. Feelings he couldn't possibly understand or contain. He knew something wasn't right, and I was the only person who could calm him. I knew that this wouldn't last forever, and that him needing me was really a wonderful thing, because as much as I was frustrated, I needed him too. Sitting there with him feeling his breath rise and fall, his little cheeks all red, stroking his beautiful curly hair. I was forced to just sit and be. The world moving around us, and we were all that mattered. To add to the already exhausting nap merry-go-round, Theo was waking up multiple times a night, needing cuddles, milk, kisses, and extra tuck-ins. Whatever it took to get him back to sleep is what I would provide. Some nights, it would take me hours to fall back asleep and then he would be back up again. Sleeping in an empty bed after almost 12 years of sleeping with someone next to me was and is something I'm still getting used to. I find myself staying up later simply because I feel lonely. I even sometimes build a wall of pillows or cuddle with a pillow just to feel less alone. And funny enough, I have never been a snuggler, but now that it's gone... I can feel the absence. I will be honest though in saying that I don't miss Albert snoring, but besides that, I miss his presence in the bed. I miss knowing that I wasn't alone. The morning I told Theo that Albert died will be burned in my mind. I had been researching how to explain something like this to someone so young and found a really great article that spoke to me. So when Theo woke up, I brought him into my room and we snuggled on my bed while he drank his milk. After our morning snuggles, I sat up and pulled out a picture of Albert. I showed it to him and he pointed and said, Dad. I took a deep breath and said, Yes, that is Dad. Theo, I know you are wondering why Daddy isn't here. He got very sick and his body stopped working. The doctors did everything they could, but Daddy is dead. We won't be able to see him anymore or talk to him, but we can look at pictures and videos and tell stories about him. I promise you will know him. We will not forget him and you will see what a wonderful man he is. He loves you so much. He didn't want to die and leave us. I never want you to think that. He fought so hard, but he was just too sick. Theo looked up at me while I sobbed. I know that there was so much he just couldn't comprehend as he continued to play with his toys. Something I've learned in all this is to not hide my emotions from him. In order for him to know how to express himself, he needs to see me do it. To know that it is okay to be mad, sad, and happy. The next day, I was showing him a picture of Albert and he looked at it and said, Dada gone. (sighs) I lost it. Theo, my wise and beautiful son, yes, daddy is gone, but always loved. Theo is suffering a trauma no two and a half year old should ever have to face a life without his dad. He looks up at me with questioning eyes as he points to the picture of Albert in my parents' living room and proceeds to say, hurt, a word he has learned the meaning of way too soon. Yes, Theo, hurt, and every word that encompasses that, pain, sadness, fear. Daddy was here one day and gone the next. I cannot imagine what his little brain is thinking. How he can possibly comprehend what has happened. I know that as he gets a bit older, there will be more questions, more anger, more tears. So many questions that I will have to answer over and over. So many tearful hugs as he angrily curses God for taking his dad away. Me crying too because of how unfair it all is. Because I will never be right again. Some days being a mom is suffocating. And I just want to get in a car and drive wherever the road takes me. To feel the wind in my hair, music blasting, and sweet freedom in front of me. Freedom from the grief. From the weight of Albert's death. From the needs of Theo. And from all responsibility. But, with tears in my eyes, I fight back the urge to say fuck it and continue to let Theo be my North Star. Seeing him getting bigger every day and stronger is such a beautiful thing. He is the most resilient person I know, continually surprising me with how funny he is, and watching him light up when a hummingbird swoops into the feeder in my parents' backyard. He is the future, and I will do everything I can to ensure that he will never be defined by what has happened to him. Figuring out who I am without Albert is like a board game. Just when I think I've taken four steps forward, I take two steps back. I find my focus shifting from one thing to another, trying to hone in on exactly what I want, trying to figure out who I am while also being a mother, allowing myself the freedom to take a look inside myself and answer my questions with honesty and non-judgmental eyes, to listen to my heart and my own desires, trying not to be ashamed of what I find, Because shame is real. I feel it deeply from time to time over decisions I have made and following my whims. But I have to live my life for me. If I don't take care of myself, I will never be able to be the best mother I can be to Theo. I've always been the person who gives and gives until I am nothing. Something I've learned in all this is that I can't be that person anymore. I have to stand up for myself and make the best possible choices for me, not for anyone else. And when I make the best decisions for myself, I'm in turn giving Theo the best life I can. I want Theo to grow up seeing a strong, badass woman who has her shit together. A woman who didn't let a terrible thing bring her down. A mother who showed him what it is to be a kind and empathetic person. A mother who showed him that women are powerful and can take even the worst of life and come back from it. Looking at all I've done so far, I am simply stunned. I have not hunched in a corner in my bedroom for days on end, even though I fucking felt like it some days. Every morning, I get my ass up, I take care of Theo and myself. I have recently started opening myself up to people much more freely, letting them into the darker recesses of my mind and it feels amazing. I was so afraid of judgment that I was holding myself back. I can see that now. I was afraid that people wouldn't like what they saw or heard, therefore I kept my mouth shut on so many issues. But now, being in their presence, I don't feel shame, I feel acceptance, I feel liberated. I feel myself unlocking deeper chambers of my heart and mind every day, taking on new challenges and pushing myself out of my comfort zone. You only live once. I want to live, wild, free, unencumbered by fear and guilt, and while that is my goal, I know that I will fail sometimes, but hopefully I can pick myself up and change it. It can be hard to acknowledge your own wants and desires as a mother, let alone a widow, There's so much guilt and shame involved in the whole process. Like going to my first concert not even a month after Albert died. I felt I needed permission from people to do it. When in fact, I didn't. And you don't need permission from anyone to do anything for yourself either. You are in charge of you and what makes you happy. If you want to go to Vegas two weeks after your spouse dies, do it. If you want to wear black for a year, do it. If you want to get a tattoo like me, do it, the people that love you will get it. And even if they don't, they'll accept it. Because finding yourself after a terrible loss is a journey most of us will make during our lifetime. And it is something I did not understand until it happened to me. I will be the first to admit that. I'm so excited to see where I'm going. The roads are limitless as long as I keep my focus and I love myself first. Love yourself for where you are at. The pressure to be more or less is great, but don't bend to society's expectations. You are your own person with your own timeline. You decide when to take off your wedding rings. You decide when to go through that box of clothes that's been sitting in the corner of your bedroom for eight months. You decide when to start having sex again. You decide when to sell the house you bought together. You decide. And yes, There will be people who will shame you, but they don't matter. If they truly love you, they will know that moving forward, no matter what the pace is, is exactly what you need to do. It is also what your loved one would want you to do. It is scary, but you've got this. You have already been through the worst. Rise up and seize your moment. I know you can. I can only hope that we can help each other. I would love to hear from you, whether it be questions, comments, your own personal stories or topics you would like to hear discussed. Please visit anchor.fm Brianna Simpson and click on the send voice message button on my private Facebook page entitled the same as the podcast. I share exclusives on upcoming episodes, guests, and a special Spotify playlist updated every week with songs that are inspired by each episode. I am Brianna, your friendly, quirky, next-door widow. Thank you for listening. This is How I Got Back to My Childhood Bedroom.